the portal before the coaching staff change happened, if I'm being honest. Um, and then it's crazy. So I'm going to, like, take you all through my process. I was interested in going to Ole Miss and playing for Levy. So, like, we, we talked about me going out there. Right. Come to find out he gets a job at Oklahoma. Of course, I never I never wanted to leave Oklahoma, but, you know, just how certain stuff plays out, stuff happens. But once I heard about, you know, Link getting a new job, blah, 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 I'm like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe the new coach, maybe this is like just my blessing in disguise. And then come to find out I see Lebby gets the job. I'm like, I was just talking to him. Why would I leave now? Rush is back. There's Theo East right there talking about uh, wanting to play in the system that, lo and behold, ended up at the University of Oklahoma. And uh, the way it all played out, here he is uh, sticking around. And I think it I think it could be a good decision for him. Now, he's got some work to do. Um, he's had some injury issues. You know, there's – some good wide receivers on campus right now, but I better to did, make your like your rehab your recovery with the new staff than the previous staff. I think he's got a better chance yeah. with this staff than the previous staff to to make it happen. I think that like he's got an opportunity right now to maybe just grow by leaps and bounds, and he's got the size, he's got the ability. We've seen, um, you know that. He had he he developed a really good connection with Rattler, and obviously as as Rattler got replaced, and you know he never had a whole lot of time to develop with like that relationship, that chemistry with Caleb Williams. He was hurt all spring, and then he was hurt early in the year. So by the time he's back, I there's there's no chemistry there with Caleb Williams, the quarterback, sure. and that matters a lot. So. Uh, this is a big offseason for him to to work that and develop that trust and chemistry with Dylan Gabriel. Kind of interesting that he was dead set on leaving before Muleshoe even left for USC. Like he was going to be out the door and entered into the portal, and then uh, yeah, he's he's back. But this is his this is his year, man. This is his money making year for sure. Um, you you the, think where do you think he ends up? Like do you still still think that Mims is going to be the number one guy? I think it'll be uh, Mims and Farouk are your one two. I, Farouk, I, I, huh? Yeah, yeah. What about these? Uh, he'll be three. He'll be three. He'll be um he'll be what he was two years ago. Man, he's not necessarily going to be the big play guy, hmm. but if it's third and four, you know, third and five, I, I think he's a pretty trustworthy target out there that they'll look to. Hmm. And he'll make some plays there. Yeah. I don't know. I I'm interested to see kind of where he's at. He's because uh, he was a freshman whenever he had his most productive uh, productive year, right? Oh yeah. So he could. He, I mean, there's a lot of growth that happens between a freshman year. You sit out, uh, try and develop physically, and then uh, like this. This should be a coming out party for him. Like he's got an advantage over a lot of the wide receivers on roster just because of that size, but we'll see. I that That's one position that I continue to not worry about. If you want to stress Same. out over some positions, that's cool. 
But for a couple reasons, one, there is enough talent in the wide receiver uh, room to be okay. Two, that's just not – it wasn't good last year, and it was a factor as to why the offense wasn't explosive, but it wasn't the number one overall factor. Like, I just I don't think that wide receiver is going to tell the story if it's a disappointing year. They'll, yep. they'll be okay. They'll be fine. You're right. I, there's, there's, there's so many opportunities. They've got, they've got players on, on roster that you've intermittently heard really good things about these guys. Um, like for instance, a uh, Brian Darby, like he's had a couple of moments, and you heard a lot of really good things about him right whenever he first came in. Um, had a nice finish to the year last year. From yeah, when I remember Cody Jackson. Um, you mentioned Jalil Farouk, uh, and obviously you've got the the same guys that we've known: Stoops, Mims, um, Theo Weiss, Soul. Like it's a it's a deep class. Not to mention the guys that that just came in. You got a couple of of freshmen coming in that are really tall, have have excellent length. Like we don't have a. I think Theo Weiss is our tallest wide receiver. He's a little bit taller than Mims, probably six yeah. two. Um, but then you know, let's see, Mims is listed at five eleven. Um, so like. All of a sudden, you've got a six foot five wide receiver, you know, and in a six foot, what is Anderson six four, six three? Yeah, he's a bigger receiver. So you've got some some guys that are that offer something a little bit different that we haven't had before with a new offensive coordinator, and because of that size, like you could see those guys have an advantage over some of the other guys on roster. That's going to be the norm moving forward with the guys that they're offering right now and recruiting. Um, Six foot three, four, five guys. I mean, get used to that because that's going to be what you're seeing at the wide receiver spot uh, with this offensive coaching staff. Text line wants to know, here's something interesting. Will OU Texas stay in Dallas when both teams are in the SEC? I would say yes. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't really thought twice about that, but Florida, Georgia, and Jacksonville. I know there's been um, thoughts that Florida and Georgia will move that to a home site, but yeah, um, there was a there was a podcast. One of the Texas websites out there had Chris Del Conte on, and like one of his complaints is, you know, we don't play like with our current setup, we don't play a true rival at home in Austin. And that's right, like, at least OU that's gets to, their fault. Yeah, at least, that's true. At least OU gets to play Oklahoma State, but I guess they don't recognize Baylor or rival or uh, Baylor or uh, Tech as a rival right well, now. Well, I guess what I'm saying is... They, they could, could play in A&M. No, they I could play you. Texas A&M if they wanted to. So, you can take that complaint, in my opinion, and shove yeah. it. But regardless if they play A&M every year or not in the SEC, they'll have good enough home games to... To compensate. They'll be I'll all also right. say this, that <laughs> Oklahoma, a very large portion of the fan base, I would say an overwhelming majority does not consider Oklahoma State a rival. I'd say about 75%, yeah. <laughs> so we're in the same boat, Texas. Uh, the, the difference is we're not dodging uh, an in-state true rival like you guys have with Texas Yeah, A&M. But it's interesting that he was basically – complaining that they don't get to ever play a true rival on their home field in Austin. I mean, we've played with that idea in the past. and it's a ni- It would have been a fun two-year changeup when we talked about it two years ago, but 
the game, I mean, the game needs to be in Dallas. I know. I, my frustration with it, and I don't know. I don't know what the arrangement is with the universities for like compensation with the Cotton Bowl, but my guess is it's got to be substantial. I don't know if they alternate years sharing the gate with the Cotton Bowl, like when you're the home team, like if you get it the year you're the home team, right. and or if they just split it 50-50 with OU and Texas and then – the Cotton Bowl, so I, I don't know how that works, but if it wasn't lucrative for both schools right now, it would have already been changed. Sure. I, I wonder what the coaching staff, what they would prefer, um, just from like a logistical standpoint, right? Would they rather play in Austin one year, play in Norman the next, or do they see a massive gain playing that game every single year in Dallas, one of your honey holes when it comes to recruiting and the recruiting weekend that it gives you, um, you know, every other year, every year, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I wonder, like, outside of the atmosphere standpoint, just from a logistical sense, does the coaching staff love the setup or wish it was just a traditional home-and-home? Home? I would think with OU's ties to Dallas and recruiting, they like it being at the Having Cotton Bowl every there? single year. Yeah, Probably so. Um, and the recruiting pitch of like this is like this. so yeah. unique, like you'll never get this anywhere else. Right, last year, if you were a a recruit at that football game, and it's not like it's always really good, but it's not always like it was last year. But could you imagine being there oh, in no that way, environment man. for that situation? Like I would have commi- committed right there on the spot. Right <laughs> after that, how could you not? So, I mean the. When it goes that way and you're able to host recruits there, it's it's got to be amazing. But it probably does come with a, a bunch of logistical difficulties, um, given given where it's at, and like I don't even know how all all of that works for like official visits or or you know what, whatever it may be. But I don't know. Interesting. It's an interesting thought. Like I would I would love to be able to host an OU Texas game and I mean maybe go to Austin for a game once like I really don't care that much about going to I don't, Austin I don't feel like we're missing out on anything there you yeah. know like if OU and LSU met in Houston every single year and played at some point you'd say well I mean they're jerks down there but I'd at least like to see Death Valley one time there's nothing in me that wants to see a football game in Austin or feels like I'm missing out on anything. I've been to a basketball game in Austin. It sucked. There's nobody there. There's no atmosphere. Well, there would be an atmosphere if you're playing OU Texas. Oh, I mean, sure. Right, but yeah. how horrible must it be on a game day getting in and out of that campus? Oh, terrible. Are you kidding me with the traffic that's already there? Horrible. And I feel like uh, that interst- like this, the football stadium's right off that uh, highway, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, right off yeah. the highway. You can actually watch the game while you're stuffed in traffic. You can right watch there practice the- from off yeah. the highway if their practice facility hasn't moved recently. Yeah, it's great. What's good is you can look down, you can record the whole practice because you only move about a couple hundred feet every hour there whenever it's 
it's backed up, which all I is need to see is ten minutes to know that they're going to be bad at quarterback once again. You just, just need, that pretty, you just pretty need to see the uh, Quinn Ewers kid throw once or twice. Yeah, um, yeah. I, don't, I think OU Texas is going to stay in Dallas uh, probably forever. At least, hopefully, that's the case. The SEC title game that I don't know because we've kind of taken for granted as OU fans the ability to just hop in the car and easily get to a conference championship game, right? Right. Like, what's the furthest distance OU's had to drive for a conference title game? Houston? What, like, Kansas City and Houston, that pretty comparable away. Um, Houston's probably a little bit further away. But, I mean, you can make it to Houston. You can make it to Kansas City. You can definitely make it to Arlington. If the SEC title game isn't moving from Atlanta, that's a little bit tougher of an ask. To Not get a, really. To get a, I mean, if Dude, you're going to drive, it is. But... It's Atlanta. There are so many direct flights into Atlanta. I I, I understand that, but you're also asking flight to Atlanta for SEC championship game. Who knows how much the playoff is going to expand? Like you already kind of, most fans already have to pick with a four team playoff and a close Big Twelve championship game. You add a trip to the SEC championship in Atlanta, then it, then it gets then it gets a lot tougher. Well, I mean, I guess it's all relative. Right now, it costs me about $1,000 to drive from studio to my house with current uh, gas prices. So, I mean, a flight may not be that bad. It might be the cheapest (laughs) route these days. I mean, would you rather pay, um, I don't know, let's call it a couple hundred bucks to drive 16 hours Houston and back? Or would you rather pay... $500 $500 for a, what, hour and 45-minute flight to Atlanta? Oh, God, of course I would rather pay for the flights. But that $500 adds up if you're trying to do it three different times yeah, over the course of a month and all the other expenses that go into a uh, game weekend. That's true, but I would almost argue that in, – in, I, mean, I know the equation is is different for everyone, but – Right. I guess I'm just, I don't know. And uh, hotel costs and stuff like that differ from city to city. And I'm sure Atlanta, um, you know, it's not cheap to stay in a hotel there, which, you know, I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is, like, for me, I don't know how much more expensive it actually is. It's going to be a lot more expensive than, so? than a trip to Arlington. Dude, 100%. Well, the, or I'm talking about Houston. Well, okay, yeah, but they're not really playing the, the game in Houston anymore. Right. They haven't since, what, 2005, I think. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Arlington is – You yeah, can easily not, justify close. easily justify a Big 12 championship trip to Arlington. It's almost like, ah, yeah, that's nothing. We'll yeah, still but go to the bowl game. here's the other part of that. How much do you hate giving any of your money to the state of Texas? Uh, with every fiber in me, man, <laughs> but that's what you do for your favorite team. I, I, I just I, I just wonder if the, uh, the SEC title game – which because now with as many markets that the SEC is in, like think about it, man. Atlanta, Nashville, New Orleans, um, Houston, Dallas Goldsby. now, Goldsby in that huge stadium <laughs> that they have. Uh, I, I wonder if they'll just keep it in Atlanta or if they'll try to like rotate it around quite a bit. I would imagine they just keep it in Atlanta with that new stadium, but um. Please move it to New Orleans is what I'm asking. It's either going to be in Atlanta or what's the name of the stadium in Birmingham? 
The Legion Field's the old one. I, I don't know. I don't know what the new one is. Alabama's going to pay to redo Legion Field so they can hold the SEC championship That's fine. there. Fine by me. That's there. It's always going to be held in the closest uh, place to Alabama. That's what's. Oh, I'm happen. sure we'll just have it in Tuscaloosa one year. <laughs> All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two rolls on. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Your It is the rush on the ref. Tyler and Teddy, we're inside the Brano Haver Studios on this Wednesday. Keep the text coming on the Air Comfort Solutions text line 651 3439. OU softball in Hawaii. I think they're currently practicing right now. They got four games coming up in three days tomorrow against the Baylor Bears. Um, anyone going to pitch to Jossie in Hawaii, or are they even going to be scared of her in her home state? Uh, they'll pitch to her. Okay, I hope at, so. At some point. I'm not suggesting that they're going to pitch to her the entire time, but they'll pitch to her. Hot take to say that it's not like severely hurting or anything, but it's bad for the game of softball that your your sport right now is on such a rocket ship, and instead of like celebrating a massive feat, its own sport is preventing it from happening. Too much of a hot take or... Is there some dead on balls accurate in there somewhere? I don't know that it I don't know that it necessarily hurts the sport. I mean you I, It maybe, doesn't hurt the sport, but it's just like ah yeah. we we got this opportunity here and it's going to happen at some point, but man, this is like we could really use this momentum right now with the tension. Yeah, you could almost say that it helps the sport that there's such a dynamic weapon out there that people are pitching around her and it's a story you know um here's what i find interesting they're pitching around her oklahoma has one of the like last year it was wasn't it offensively the greatest lineup like Ever like statistically the way they're average and all of that stuff and run scored. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. And I don't know what what pace they're on this year, but what makes me mad is they're they're pitching around her as if to say, like, if we eliminate her from the lineup, the batting order, I we're we got a chance to win this yeah, thing. That's not it's, I mean, it's not true at all. They're they're pitching around her. So they don't give up a um, a historic home run. They're not pitching around her. Like their offense is so good that I don't know that you would ever unnecessarily put a runner on base, right? Yeah. So they're doing it only to dodge giving up a historic home yeah, run. Yeah, that's it. that's it. That's that, it. There's no strategy in it. I mean, it was we were watching on Monday, and if you have runners on second and third. You call it a base open, right? If first, but no one's occupying first base, second and third. A lot of times, you know, depending on what the score is, you don't want to put like the winning run or the tie sure. run on first base. It's an open base, kind of no harm, no foul for the most part. But we're watching, and oh, you had runners on first and second, and they were still intentionally walking her to load the bases. Right, it's like the first base wasn't open. Yes, I, and that's 
I, I don't know. That's what annoys me is the sport has so much respect right now and so much popularity. Pitch to her, you know? If you give up the home run, so what, man? At least you threw your best stuff. I, I'd rather give up the home run and give it my best stuff than just to intentionally walk. At least I know, right? It's the right. best hitter you're ever going to face in your entire life, most likely. See how you stack up against the best. Right. But I'm not – maybe it's more of a coaching decision than it is by these pitchers. I I, I just wish that they would pitch to her. I, I don't I, – I don't think it's an overwhelmingly negative for the game, but I, I definitely don't think it helps. Do you know who hits behind her? Um, that's a game in, game out basis thing. I mean, you'll see Kinsey Hansen probably most most likely think, behind her. I think that's right. I think she's usually um, the one that's behind her. And Jossie normally hit. You pro- normally have uh, Tra hitting one, Jossie hitting two, then Kinsey right around there. Jana Johns is swinging it well right now, so I think she's moved up to the lineups. The combination, right? You're um, you're pitching around. Jocelyn Allo to pitch to a 431 career average hitter, right? That doesn't that doesn't really uh, with a 822 slugging percentage. So that really is a dangerous dangerous. Uh, Here's one reason what, why I really don't like it either is if you get and and Jocelyn got. Like one pitch to hit on Monday, right? Mm-hmm. She feels like, you know, normally you'd sit back and wait for your pitch. If you're ahead in the count, then, hey man, I'm gonna wait for my pitch, and if it's there, then uh, I'm gonna square it up. But you want to hit that home run so bad, God, you just want to hit so bad that you're probably not nearly as patient of a hitter as you would be normally. So I think, again, in a negative way, it may make her a less, a way less patient hitter. Going through this whole thing, right? Oh my God! If I get anything close, I gotta, I gotta take a hack at it. Yep, 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 yep. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. My guess, I, I think that they're gonna pitch to her, and like the intentional walk thing for her is like, did, how often did she get intentionally walked last year? Was it? It wasn't a common thing, right? Not, no, not really. I, Teddy, if she would have. Broken the record in Houston the weekend that she tied it. This would not be going on right now. Right. Um, she had, what, 38 walks last year, and she hit 34 home runs. So, like, if people weren't pitching around her last year when she hit 34 home runs, like, what's, what's going on? Yeah, text line, when runners – when runners are on, they walk her. It's for sure, but other girls can hit home runs also behind her. Yeah, right. That's that's been happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty. Yeah, did, you, did you see the uh, price tag on Mule Shoes' new house? By the way, seventeen point two million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> that it just stings. Ooh, seventeen. What do you think? Uh, I mean, I, I guess we could figure it out. What your mortgage is monthly? What the seventeen million dollar uh, house payment? Yeah. And that's not even like property taxes and all that. Oh gosh. And you probably put like a five million dollar down payment or something <laughs> on it. I I don't know. Um 
property taxes in California are so, so, so ridiculously high. And just like it's a massive house, 13,000 square feet. It's on three acres with like. It's on a bluff that overlooks the ocean. Yeah. Seven bed, 12 bath. Three. Here's the thing, though. Three acres, 3.17 acres out there. And it's like, like you would imagine, the landscaping is just like phenomenal. Oh, three acres out there. It probably feels like you're living on the Dutton Ranch. That's a Yellowstone reference for no one that knows. Here's the thing, though. Like, just the the cost of maintenance because i know lincoln's not mowing his own yard and doing his own landscaping like now he watches the real men do the work while he eats his uh, avocado toast i i cannot imagine like what your monthly uh insurance property tax and like maintenance and upkeep like forget the house like how much the house costs just those things alone right there, you're probably, I don't know, well into six figures. You don't think he makes uh, Caitlin get on the push mower during the day while he's out recruiting? I could see him being <laughs> the type of guy that does that. Yep, out there with the um, the net cleaning the leaves out of the pool. Maybe so. It is a, an historic Spanish Revival style residence. Yeah, which is nice. And comes with its own issues, right? <laughs> Whenever you've got a... It looks like an awesome house. Right. I, I looked through several pictures of it. Yes, it would be cool to be on a bluff overlooking the ocean, all that. But, man, I, I'm sorry. And I know he's making a lot of money, but having to stomach a $17 million price tag, plus all the other things that you just mentioned, I'd much just rather... I'd much, I'd, I'd much rather live here, dude. I know, and I know you got to pay property taxes here, but buddy, it ain't close to what you got to pay out there. No, 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 no. We're Just on principle, I I couldn't stomach that. In a massively different uh, bracket, whenever it comes to to taxes, I mean, it's a it's a thirteen thousand square foot house, which is huge, which which you know comes with a huge price tag, but it's a thirteen thousand square foot house. That he's paying $1,300 a square foot for. Twitter Sean's like, calm Ooh. down, dudes. $17.2 million in Cali is like a $3 million house to most every other state in the union. And that may be true, but wow. It's impressive. Kudos to him. Hey, that's he's made a lot of money in this business, and spend it however you want. I, I love USC fans today, too. See? Yeah. This is why he left Oklahoma to come to the West Coast. Oh, yeah, to pay $17 million for a home. How much did you say a square foot? $1,300. Yeah, $1,300. No, you guys are right, SC fans. That's why he ended up in the West Coast, because he wanted to pay that ridiculous amount of money in property taxes every single year. If you told someone here that you bought a house and paid $1,300 a square foot for it, they'd slap you. Oh, you get in a fight. Yeah. But, hey... That's the price out there for living like that, and hey, you make it, you can spend it how you want, and I will admit, it is a beautiful, beautiful home. It's beautiful. It's a palace. No, that's uh, that a li- beautiful view. Did you see the view? Yeah, the living area is awesome. You can run um, unlimited jet sweeps in that living room oh, that he has. Wow. No, seriously, you could. You could do it.
Wow. How about that? I think all the jet sweeps that he's ever run at OU could probably fit in that house that he has. You think instead of like going to the practice facility for meetings and such with the coaches, staff meetings, he just just come to the house. We'll just do it here. So I don't have to drive <laughs> two a, hours each way. I would, I would set my meetings like with my staff at we're going to, we're going to, we're going to do our work at like 8 PM at night until 8 PM in the morning. And then we'll leave because the rest of the time you're going to be sitting in traffic and you'll never get to uh, enjoy the house. It's crazy. All right, quick time out. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit some things that caught my eye next. Stay tuned. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network. You're home for Sooner fans. Whoever said the more the merrier sure wasn't in charge of hiring new employees because the more unqualified candidates you have for a long time, tons of experience, can handle any of your roofing needs, whether it's um, just some quick repairs or a full Roof replacement. Give the guys at Roof Tech a call. Did you see Deion Sanders had to have yeah. some toes amputated? Yeah, I was. Uh, there's a like a reality documentary show about him going on right now. I haven't watched any of it, but I did see that today. It's it's dang, but he is not going to lose any cool points whatsoever. Deion's as cool as he's <laughs> never been. Right. Um. Yes, uh, I remember him sitting on the sideline, like in that wheelchair, and everyone's like, "What's going on here?" And almost had to have his leg amputated, and almost died. They they were really really worried about him whenever it all first went down. What do you think about Carson Wentz going to the Washington Football Team? I know there's a lot of corners in the NFC East that are very, very happy right now. Um, he had such a promising start to his NFL career. And after that injury, after the Eagles were able to win the Super Bowl without him, boy, his play has just regressed year after year after year. And that loss to Jacksonville at the tail end, at the, what, the final game of the regular season this year, um, I'm – I'm not surprised that someone wanted him in the open market, but his his stock has probably never been lower than it is right now. Right. Yep. Yep. No doubt about that. Um, <laughs> did you see – I thought this was really weird. Did you see the um, – oh, gosh, what was the name of that conference where you had the um, uh, Bellarmine? Is the name of the school right? They can't go to the NCAA tournament. They won the conference tournament, which um, they weren't going to allow them to play. But I guess they just went ahead and allowed them to play in the in the conference tournament, even though they didn't get the automatic bid if they won. Not expecting that they would win, but Bellarmine wins the A Sun conference tournament, storms the court, but they don't get the automatic bid. Jacksonville State, who won the regular season gets the automatic bid who had already been beaten out of the tournament. How awesome is that for I think Jacksonville the, uh, State? I think the head coach of Bellarmine, I, there's uh, footage of him going to the bar afterwards and still celebrating. He didn't really care that his team's oh, not going to the tournament. Awesome. He's still, he uh, is still all about celebrating after the big win, which, which the, I, I totally support 100%. Yeah, they've got – they're one of those teams that's doing a transition to Division One, so – uh, like the first couple of years, whenever they're in that transition, they they're not eligible to play in the tournament. Which, 
What, Seems the, really why, dumb, Yeah, like right? why let why let them play in the tournament then if they can't make it to the dance? I think that was a conference decision, not expecting them to go win it. Well, and, they did, and they did. So that was pretty cool. That's all I got. Happy birthday to Brian Bosworth, fifty-seven oh. years old today. The Boz, one of the best backers in program history. And the Sheriff of Fansville right now, most mm. importantly. Sheriff in Fansville, which has got to be – that's a pretty cool little commercial run that they're on. And uh, got to be a nice little income for him on that. Still looks like he's in incredible shape for 57 years old. And there's no doubt um, one of the best, maybe the best uh, linebackers, not just in Oklahoma – History, all of college football history. Absolute stud. Tell me if you have an issue with this. Jeff Capel, former OU coach, he's at Pitt, and well, Pitt um, it's not very good. And I guess uh, had a recent loss, and Jeff Capel basically blamed the players on his roster for having such a tough year. He said, quote, we need to get better players. It's not anything personal. We have to continue to add better players and recruit better players, end quote. Now, um, he is 51-69 and 69 at Pitts. Nice. And he actually has not had a winning season as a head coach since Blake Griffin was on his team. In his six seasons since, Capel is 78-105 and 105 with zero postseason berths. Hmm. So pretty good sample size there without the best player in the country. Is it fair for Jeff Capel to openly criticize the talent that he has on his roster? Um, questionable. Questionable. Um, I'm sure the players have gathered together and in media availability said, we've just, we've got to get a better coach. It's nothing personal. We've just we've got to get a better coach that can uh, take better advantage of our talents that we. I offer think up. it's extremely chicken. You know what? Um, he is not. It's not like he, this is his first year at Pitt or anything, and to just sit here and and bash the roster, I think is extremely extremely weak. It is. It is pretty weak to do that. I, what would be the response if if like I was just joking whenever I said that? But what would be the response if? A player said, "Our coach just isn't any good." I get kicked uh, off the team, most yeah. likely. Get kicked off the team. He'd be ridiculed. He'd be um, pointed at by everyone in the national media as a selfish guy, not a team player. So, yeah, I mean that's a that's not a good move for a coach. Last, like, you can say that privately, but in different ways, right? Not so. Well, it, it looks like you have a major axe to grind when you say it at a press conference after a loss. Right, like it's the it's the worst it's the worst thing to say. Right, uh, college sports ten most heated rivalries ranked according to twenty four seven Sports. Kentucky Louisville basketball is at number ten. Okay, that's fine with me. Hmm. Good with that. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they played this year though. I think it got canceled. A and M and Texas football, which is the biggest LOL of all time, is at nine. Went on a rant earlier and said that A&M and Texas football has never mattered, and I don't understand why people think it ever has or why we should care about it. Would you have nine? Yeah, nine. Yeah. Uh, Most heated rivalries. Yeah, it's so heated they won't even play each other. That's yeah, how heated I, it is. I don't think it – if it's not an active rival, rivalry, it doesn't even count, does it? Florida State-Miami football is at number eight. 
Some pretty fickle fan bases there. That's my issue with that one. Uh, yeah. It's there was a time definitely whenever that was a heated heated rivalry with some of or a big portion of the best players in college football. The Egg Bowl, Ole Miss, Mississippi State at number seven. That is actually a big deal there. I mean, that's kind of like their season maker most years. And here's the here's the there's a very important distinction here. That is a very heated rivalry. Not necessarily relevant for overall college football, but, but it's heated. But it's heated. Uh, we all remember when uh, what the Ole Miss guy peed like a dog in the oh, end yeah. zone, and it cost him the it cost egg him the bowl. game. Yeah, that's so awesome. Which hey, it in all honesty, that people were surely super super pissed about that at the time, but. There's probably going to be like, okay, nice move years later. Yeah, if that guy ever gets a statue, there should be no question as to (laughs) what it is. Florida-Georgia football at number six. Used to be called the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. See, They changed that because I think people were dying from drinking too much in Jacksonville. Here's the thing, though. Is it all that heated if it's just looked at as a big cocktail party? Um, I don't know. There's some pretty angry drunks out there. Right. Yeah. OU Texas football's at number five. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think the, uh, as far as heated, mm-hmm. I, I, I definitely th- heated from our side. Right. I think the spectacle is definitely higher than number five. But as far as the heat and hatred between the two, it doesn't seem to be all that angry at this time. This- it's more of a, like, uh, you just. Like laugh at each other. This one could be controversial. Army Navy football at number four. I mean, I, I guess it could be heated and have respect at the same time, but there's so much respect that's there. I don't know how heated it really is. Well, here's the thing. I don't know how heated it is because the way that it's covered, they don't they would never bring any of those aspects of it to light. You know what I'm saying? It's right. covered with such, um, you, you know, it, as as a spectacle and the respect between the two. But I don't know if there may now, be some I, real I, heat underneath. The last time, I think I've been in the Naval Academy twice. Last time I was there, um, they were eating lunch and they eat lunch in like an unbelievable amount of time and leave. Mm-hmm. And they were all chanting, like they do this chant after they eat and it's go Navy, beat Army. So that's like, it's like OU's hand sign. It, it is the number one, but a lot of it is the horns down. Right. For both of those schools, it's go Army, beat Navy, or go Navy, beat Army. So they do have that going for it. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I, that one I can't really speak to. Three, Bama-Auburn football. Yeah, a guy poisoned yep. some trees one time for that. Uh, Carolina-Duke basketball at number two. I'm going back to the Auburn-Alabama one real quickly. I feel like every couple of years we hear about like people like fighting each other or shooting each other over that deal. Guy, but a guy, usually, got kill, guy got shot and killed after Bama lost to A&M last year. But usually that's Alabama fans versus Alabama fans. Right, isn't that's it? true. <laughs> I hate to laugh at that, but North Carolina Duke basketball is number two. Yeah, that's okay. that's a pretty heated one. Uh, for Michigan sure. Ohio State football is at number one. I mean, it's a big spectacle. I it I think it is pretty heated up there, but I don't know. It's hard for me to speak to that. 
I don't know like any of the stuff that happens around it. I would venture to say that that one's probably a little bit too high. Yeah, Bama Auburn probably got to be number one on my list. Or Fort Gibson Hilldale. That was going to be probably number three on my list. Or even though Hilldale's been recently dominating that series, right? Uh, not sure. Not sure. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two next. Teddy and Tyler telling it like it is. Whether it's what you want to hear or not, every day from two to six on the home of Sooner fans. Yeah, hi there. My name is Bob, and I need some help. Uh, I haven't filed my taxes in over five years. Um, I haven't told my wife about it, and I really need to figure this thing out. Hi, uh, my husband and I owe about $14,000 in back taxes, and I'm afraid um, we might end up losing our business. I really don't want that to happen. I'm loved that country music connects people all over this great nation, but unfortunately so does something else, childhood hunger. 15 million children struggle with hunger in America. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks works to rescue our surplus food to help provide billions of meals to families in need across the country. Join the fight against hunger at feedingamerica.org. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Cavens Construction, bringing you hour number two of the rush on this Wednesday. Remodeling, roofing, water restoration, and facility maintenance. Emergency repairs as well. Give Cavens a call, 405-573-3048. Tulsa, you can give them a call, 918-282-7612. Quickly on the Air Coverage Solutions text line, um, Colin Cowherd gets his own special room at Muleshoe Manor. Huh. Uh, Lincoln did it for his family. Uh, I'm sure SC has a helicopter for him to go back and forth. Man, I um, that would be that would be nice if you got to ride in by helicopter every day. But I don't think that's happening. I'm not scared of heights, and I'm not scared of a lot of things. I've never been on a helicopter, and I'm not too excited to get on. They one. told him, uh, "Go beat Utah one time, and we'll give you a helicopter." I mean, they know I, how big of a I know the, that's be for the joke about the herd was was funny, but I wonder if he's in the same neighborhood. Probably. All right, quick, a cocktail. <laughs> quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final hours next. Sound off 24-7, 365 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Right here on your home for Sooner fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network. Sports Talk, 1400 AM, KREF, Norman, Moore, 